maskless children are being segregated at schools, Facebook releases a new virtual reality game, and Democrats prepare for Justice Stephen Breyer's retirement. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. All right, welcome back to the show. So let's go ahead and jump right into the main story that's kind of going on right now, and that is specifically about Biden and the Ukraine. And Biden has a really bad relationship where we're talking about Russia, and he was uh, kind of talking to Putin and everything. And you could just see by the body language that Putin did not respect Biden. And, and Biden just seemed weak and feeble in the face of that. And now you have this situation that's always been a threat to a certain degree to the Ukraine, where the, the Russia itself could actually invade Ukraine at some point. And there was this call that Biden was supposed to be having with Zelensky in the Ukraine. And apparently the call did not go very well. So according to some of the reports, um, the, the call lasted about an hour, 20 minutes and was described as candid by the two leaders. But the two countries reportedly did not see eye to eye on how much of a threat Russia truly posed. So, on the call, which the Ukrainian official described as long and frank, Biden warned that Ukrainian counterpart that a uh, or the actual counterpart there that a Russian attack may be imminent, saying that an invasion was now uh, virtually certain once the ground had frozen later in February. So. It goes on, and Zelensky, however, said his position was that the threat from Russia remains dangerous but ambiguous. So basically, Zelensky's not all that worried about it too much, but Biden's saying that there's this situation that could basically happen. So a, a report from CNN was actually saying that a Russian invasion is now virtually certain once the ground freezes, according to what they are claiming Biden said. Uh, Kiev could be sacked, is what they were saying, and Russian forces may attempt to occupy it, prepare for impact. That's the report that CNN got, and you had uh, the Biden administration going back on this saying that, oh no, this is a lie, uh, none of that stuff is true. Well, here's the thing, where are the transcripts? This is one of the things that was trend uh, trending on Twitter just last night. Where are the transcripts for this call? Because if you remember, Trump was impeached for his call with the Ukraine. If you remember that, they were saying that it was this big quid pro quo and everything is going on and he's trying to cut some deal and trade this for that. And everybody was up in arms. The Democrats were about this call. And of course, you had Trump the entire time saying it was a perfect call. But remember, you had Democrats that were actually requesting this. You had Democrats that were trying to demand that the transcripts be known because at that time it was just hearsay, right? And Trump was the one saying it was a perfect call. There was nothing wrong with it. And then they obviously released the transcripts later. And, and what's crazy about all of this is that you actually have a clip here of Biden where he is talking about this situation where he's actually trying to demand that this be known. So the, the issue here is that Biden is trying to say, you know what? Re release a transcript when it's Trump, release it when it's a Republican. But the second that it's me, I'm not going to do, do anything about it. So what you have is uh, this comment here saying transparency for thee, but not for me. That's basically what they're trying to pull here. They don't want Biden to have any kind of, of uh, transparency in this situation because they're covering for Biden. So this is an ongoing story. And of course, I'm curious to see what will happen with this. But this is another situation where you have the media that is going to bat playing the defense as I was talking about on the last show, for Biden. 
that's the thing that they're trying to do right now. They, they cannot let Biden look bad in any way possible. They can't be transparent. So the fact is, is that they're just telling you, hey, that stuff's a lie that CNN told you, but we're not going to bother releasing those transcripts, even though we were willing to impeach a president over it. It really is mind boggling how the tables have turned, how you can see the hypocrisy, see how the media and the way they are treating this is entirely different than how they were treating Trump in the, in a very similar situation where you had one side asking for the transcripts of the call. So where are they? Where are the transcripts? It's criminal that this administration continues to get away with this stuff, expecting all of this stuff from one administration, but not for the other one. It's absolutely ridiculous that this goes on right now, but that's where we're at right now. So I will keep you updated on this. Uh, definitely check out the Getter feed and, and Gab and Telegram as well as we kind of go through this story to kind of see what happens in the future with it. But just to transition a little bit. So Biden has been attacked, obviously, over his vaccine mandates. And I've mentioned this before, but I think a lot more people are starting to wake up. When you look around, you're seeing a lot more people that are saying, okay, something's wrong, right? There was even uh, some Hollywood or actually a specific Hollywood star, I think from Lord of the Rings or something that came out and actually said, we need to end these mandates in DC. She was at the march. I mean, and of course she's going to get probably canceled for it. But the reality is that you're seeing a lot of people that are not conservatives literally saying this has gotten out of hand. This is way too far. And here's a story. Uh, it's a woman that was being interviewed that apparently she says she voted for Biden and now is regretting that decision. Check it out. So what's going on here? My kids are not lab rats. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak. Uh, this is still experimental. The fact, one fact we know for sure is that nobody knows long term. So who knows? Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not. Then I have parental rights over my child. And I, there's another issue that is happening. There's no informed consent. And that's against the Nutram Code. After the war, you can't experiment on people only without their consent. And even in the Pfizer papers, it says that they won't know the results for another two years, I think, something like that. And they want to hide the results of the trial that is happening now for 75 years. By then, we'll all be dead. So do you have kids that are having to deal with these mandates? Uh, thank goodness. Uh, in New Jersey, we have religious exempt. So far, we're good. But I know friends of mine that in California, they're very, very uh, scared. Well, that's really scary. So you came from New Jersey to march against the mandates, right? Yes. A lot of people are saying that this is an anti-vaccine march. Do you agree with that? Or is it, they're saying, you know, it's a defeat the mandates, but they're portraying it as anti-vaccine. Is that accurate? Well, now everything is anti-vaccine. If you ask a question, you're anti-vaccine. Mm -hmm. My kids have all of their vaccines. I was always a little bit scared because you hear things, but I did it. But this one, it just hasn't been proven. And there's no liability. So something happens and there's a lot of things that have happened. There's these virus reports. There's like 22,000 people there from the vaccine and a million reports of injuries. So that's scary. I'm okay, my mom took it. And I, I made the appointment for her. Thank God she's okay. Most people are okay. There's only that little bit of people, but that's a lot if, when you give it to the whole population. So we just need to have the right to choose. That's all. All right. Well, you know, President Joe Biden's over there in the White House. If you could tell him anything about these mandates, what would you tell him? Okay, I, I voted for him. You voted for Biden? I did. And um, I never thought 
Like he actually said he wouldn't force it. No state government. So either he lied or no something's power, that no power on top of him. I don't know. No but do you have kids? I thought he was, he was a good guy, right? You can't mandate this on people. There's injuries are real. Stop. Listen, this is criminal. And I hope he listens because I'm not a, a far right or far left. I'm a mom. I voted for him. Thank you so much. Thank we really you. appreciate talking to you. Yeah, so, I mean, at the end of the day, she voted for him, so she's kind of getting exactly what she kind of deserves in a way. But the reality is that the media lied about Biden. I mean, she's saying, oh, well, I don't know if it's really because he lied or if it's because somebody basically has more power than he does. Well, it's a little bit of both in reality, right? I mean, he obviously lied. You look at the approval ratings and that tells you everything you need to know. I mean, you, usually a president can at least get maybe a 40, 50 percent approval and his is in the dumps right now. I mean, it's lower than 28 percent in a lot of cases. So it just shows you that a lot of people that did actually legitimately vote for this guy are like, wait, this something's wrong here. This isn't correct. This is not what I voted for. Because yeah, Biden lied. We knew that that's exactly what it is. And Trump called him out on the stage many times saying he's lying. He's absolutely going to do this. He's absolutely going to do that. And these people didn't listen because they were paying attention to CNN. They were paying attention to the mainstream media that was selling these lies to them over and over again. And that's why this is happening. So the lady's trying to figure out what happened. Maybe you need to learn, learn from this. This is a lesson to anybody that is a Democrat or, or, or anything else, really. Read your stuff. Know your information. Know the facts that are out there, not what the media, the mainstream media is telling you. Do your own research and figure out what's actually happening. Because once you do that, you will quickly come to the same conclusion that most people with common sense have. And that is that these vaccines are absolutely not worth trying to deal with right now when they are not effective enough, when there's constantly going to be a ton of these uh, these mutations over and over again. That to me is what this video is saying. So it's it's a perfect story of this lady that got tricked, duped in a way. But at the same time, it's her own fault. So I, I wish these people would learn from these mistakes. And I hope that she is like, hey, you know what? Instead of voting for the nice guy, because she didn't mention it. Oh, I thought he was a nice guy. Yeah, well, that's what CNN wanted you to think. And they wanted you to think that Trump was an evil guy. But look what's happened. Look what's happened now. And these people are seeing this and they're regretting it. And I think more people are starting to wake up. But it's not just Biden. I mean, you even have Fauci, of course, as well, that's complicit in all of this, where now he's on the record saying that he recommends the vaccine for children that are four years and younger as well. Check it out. And the original data that was put forth, it looked like the dose and the regimen for the children who were six months to 24 months worked well. But it turned out that the other dose, namely the other group, from 24 months to four years did not yet reach the level of non-inferiority. So the studies are continued. It looks like it will be a three-dose regimen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know exactly what that's supposed to be about. I mean, really, where are the actual studies specifically talking about in this? What, where are they and where are they showing exactly how this is supposed to help children under the age of four? Okay, I, I mean, many of you remember the report that I was talking about uh, a while ago where in San Francisco, there was zero deaths of anybody under the age of 17 since 2019 when the pandemic first started. And there's many other places out there, by the way, as well. I mean, the average age of people that are dying from COVID um, 
is it's like 79 years old. The average life expectancy, by the way, is 77 years old. So, you know, what's really going on here, right? I mean, all we have to do is simply look at what's going on. These are flu level numbers. Right now, the flu uh, really serves as a uh, more deadly thing for children to catch. But you have so many parents that are wrapped up in COVID that they don't even realize or or aren't even paying attention to what's going on. Uh, Some people that I knew uh, personally, uh, they have a younger son and they were so worried that he was going to get COVID. I mean, they, they were out of their minds about it, just losing their minds and everything else. And of course, like everyone else, he got COVID, obviously from one of them, which also had COVID. Of course, they were perfectly fine in a week. I mean, no no major issues, nothing like that. And I know that doesn't explain the story for everybody. I know that's an anecdotal portion of evidence. But still, the point is that you, these these vaccines for these younger kids like this under the age of four, I mean, they're at this point where they're basically trying to vaccinate them before they're even born. And it's getting ridiculous. They're doing this because of the emergency use authorization. They're trying to add all of these ages in. It's all about the money. It's all about getting it out as much, getting it, giving it to as many people as possible, even if it doesn't make any sense. And we have we don't have the data to back any of this up. It's just give it to him, give it to him, give it to him, give it to him, whatever we can do. As if somehow this is perfectly working in any way. And, and then what, a three-dose uh, regiment? I, I don't understand how in the world these people are getting a, away with this stuff at this point. But that's where we're at right now. Now, of course, not just with the extremely young kids, but also with kids that are just in school as well. Just regular schools and, you know, middle elementary school. You're having problems where even just not wearing a mask is getting you basically segregated. I mean, this is insane. I actually was thinking about this uh, a couple of days ago, and to me, I was saying, you know, if you just replace unvaccinated or unmasked or whatever you want to call it with black or Hispanic, this is classic segregation. So this is a New York parent that was uh, told that their maskless eight-year-old will be segregated, not given instruction, um, despite a court ruling about this. So here's a little bit of the clip of the guy uh, talking about this. It was in the situation where he was bringing his kid to the school, and you hear this person basically like, there's nothing I can really do. So here it is. Morning. Morning. How are you today? Just dropping my son off. No, no mask. He doesn't have a mask. No, thank you on the mask. Well, unfortunately, oh, hi, 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 hi. So, unfortunately, we're continuing to wear our masks and put our protocols. So, um, um, that's. Do you have any documentation, legal documentation, or anything saying that he has to wear a mask? So, we've gotten our uh, advice from our lawyers, and so again, I've got I've got another student in my office. Okay. Um, I, I'm happy to again I'll keep, I'll keep him in my office today, or unless you want to take him home, and that's I, I apologize because I don't want to put our children in the middle. No, I know. I mean, um, and, I'm, and I get I understand. Right. I understand. You have parental rights. I understand completely, sir. Um, and so right now, this is where we are. Um, and, you know, you have the option to take him home. You have the option, or again, if he's refusing to wear a mask, I will keep him, you know, away from the other students throughout the day, which again, I know is not. A segregation? <laughs> is that what that is? I understand, sir. You know, um, that is fine. Um, just know that. If he is segregated and treated differently than any other student, we will be contacting our lawyer and we will be coming to sue the school district. I understand. I understand. I, you know. I, I know. And please know I have had another, I, another conversation with a, with a family. Have you, have you seen the actual official court documentation? So you know it's, it's an actual I have, official, right? I have. 
I have, and please know our superintendent, Ms. Swan, has been given us direction. You know, I Correct. invite you to reach out to her directly. Correct. I, she hasn't reply. She hasn't responded. So it, it kind of goes on a little bit there, but the idea is the same, is that you have this guy literally trying to just have his kid go to the school, and, and of course, they're literally treating him like somebody that is, is an alien or something, like they don't belong there with the rest of these kids just because of something as stupid as a mask. And keep in mind, they consider a bandana a mask. I mean, we know the cloth masks are not super effective at all, but yet they still have these kids doing this. It's, it's just gotten insane at this point. It's really insane at this point. You would think that, hey, you know what? If you are going to a school or if you're worried about your child contracting something that somebody else has, what do you do? You do what you need to do to protect your child. Why is it that you have all of these kids that have a mask on and then the one that does it, it's all of a sudden like, oh, they're, all these kids are going to get COVID if, if they're not wearing their mask. Like, what, what is it deemed as ineffective simply because one student doesn't have it on? I mean, I mean, come on. If you think it works, then why is it that you need to have everybody else around you with one on two? Like, it's just the mass hysteria that they're selling to everybody and, and making it seem as if this is this is valid, that it makes sense, that it's backed up by science. They don't care about the science. It's just simply virtue signaling at this point, And it's just gotten entirely, entirely out of hand. But, you know, you have to also look at another story that I have up here really quick, which is about another child that was at school and they also did not have a mask on. And, well, they were forcing her to stand out in, th in this vestibule, which is pretty much outside and it's cold and everything else like that for up to six hours. So the video is actually captured by her dad, uh, obviously furious at the situation, trying to figure out what's going on. Check it out. Morning. How long did you have to sit in that vestibule? How long were you in that vestibule? Nine. You've been in that vestibule since 9 a.m. Yes. You sat in right in here since 9 a.m. Yeah. Did they come to offer you a drink? No. Did they come to offer you food? Did you ask to use the bathroom? Yes, but... You were denied that, correct? Catch walked, walked me outside. He walked me all the way around. He walked you around the building? Yeah. To use the bathroom? Yeah. Okay. In the cold? In the cold? Oh, yeah. What, did he have you go in the outhouse? No. I went inside. Okay. But he made me walk all the way around because I wouldn't wear a mask. Okay, so you've been in here for six hours? Yes. Okay. What time is it right now? 141. Say it louder. 141. My daughter has been in here since 1 or since 9 a.m. It is now 141 p.m. without access to food, water, or bathroom. Let that be on public record. Let's go. And of course, the school doesn't care. I mean, they're going to continue to do exactly what they've been doing because that's the only way that they know how to operate. And it's it's absolutely insane. I mean, this is child abuse. It's ridiculous. It's, it's segregation. You're basically unpersoning these children. I mean, how are they supposed to get an education like this? There's so many reports. Um, one of the ones that I was talking about on, the, on one of the previous shows was about the speech delays as a result of, of kids and young, specifically younger kids wearing the masks that a lot of uh, kids are speaking later or are not developing their speech skills very well because of this issue. Um, you have other problems that are going on as well. And it's it's absolutely basically child abuse. I mean, this is unacceptable that you have a child sitting out in the cold for six hours simply because of some stupid cloth covering that's supposed to be over their face. Once again, if your mask works, what are you worried about? What are you literally worried about? It's obviously just a, a big phase that these schools are trying to, to go through to basically make everybody conform to these ridiculous rules that are just stupid. I, I mean, it's dumb at this point. I, I don't understand why anybody's still doing it. You just can't conform to this stuff. 
And I don't understand why anybody else would want to. I mean, these Democrats are absolutely crazy and out of their mind to go into everything saying, I want the government to tell me what to do. Please, government, what do you want me to do next? Because that's that's my version of God. That's basically what they do. And and they think the government is the is this the pinnacle of fixing all the Earth's problems. That isn't the case with COVID. It isn't the case with uh, poverty or any of the Democrat issues that they love to, to try and pretend as if they can fix or universal health care, for example, none of the things that they try to use government to actually fix can government fix. I mean, it doesn't work that way because government is made up by humans, which are by default imperfect and are going to make mistakes and never will have anything that is perfect. So why buy into it in the first place? I'll never understand. So Elon Musk has actually been echoing a few of these thoughts very recently uh just yesterday he tweeted out if you scare people enough they will demand removal of freedom this is the path to tyranny and and he's absolutely correct of course because th this is the same thing of the idea that you know government will create an emergency to basically do whatever it is that they want when they know that an emergency allows them to bend them and break the rules and uh have their overreach the way that they want and, and access to more power they're going to create an emergency to make that happen and that's exactly what we've seen take place and of course it means a lot more coming from elon musk because he has over 71 million followers on twitter so it's a pretty big deal that you have this guy out here realizing what it is kind of red pilling everybody with these facts right uh somebody asked back in a comment saying how do we fight back serious question and he said, vote them out. We know exactly who them is. Anybody that is basically trying to take away your freedoms, which are, in essence, Democrats. I mean, this is exactly what he's saying. And, and everybody knows it. Everybody's aware of it. And I love that he's actually kind of just red pilling millions of people and they can't stop him. And I, and I know that, you know, Democrats are just seething seeing these tweets right now because they don't want somebody with this big of an influence actually coming out there and saying something against them. So in a different story, Dan Bongino was actually banned permanently from YouTube. He was kind of temporarily banned a little bit. Even I've gotten suspended temporarily from YouTube before, but now they've permanently taken everything down. And of course they're citing medical misinformation like they always do. So he had upwards of 900,000 followers and they believe that because he was actually spreading statistics, YouTube takes the entire channel down, of course. And, and obviously you can find him on Rumble. Also, you can find my channel on Rumble as well. So um, that seems to be kind of where everybody's going. But you can also find me pretty much everywhere else. Gap TV, Odyssey. There's so many other options that are there. So not surprising that you have YouTube obviously playing this game again. And I have to kind of point out too. notice the people that have not been censored at all on YouTube. I mean, just just take note of the ones that are still there. No problems at all. Trust me. It's simply because a lot of the, a lot of people on there that have never been censored before, not once, are not actually spreading the truth. They're just going along with the narrative or they're just simply refusing to talk about it because they're scared of losing their YouTube channel. So Spotify, in a similar kind of fashion, well, actually, they actually fought back a bit. They were dealing with this situation with the uh, music singer uh, Neil Young. And he was going against Joe Rogan. Of course, Joe Rogan has his podcast mainly on Spotify now. They have a, had a big deal uh, that they signed a while ago. But Neil Young was, obviously, he's a screaming liberal. And he's, of course, upset that Joe Rogan has on guests. And that Joe Rogan, you know, generally speaking, is at least open to having people that are left-wing and right-wing and center and everything else, right? Um, the He had on uh, Robert Malone and a few other doctors and things. So Neil Young is, of course extremely upset at this. So what he basically said, he kind of ushered a ultimatum to Spotify. And he said, I want you to let Spotify know immediately today that I want all my music off their platform. He continued, they can have Joe Rogan or Young, not both. So he basically gave them this ultimatum and 
Of course, what actually wound up happening, surprisingly, is that Spotify stood their ground. They didn't ban Joe Rogan, so Neil Young is pulling all of his music off the site. So Spotify sent a statement. Um, while the letter has since been removed from Mr. Young's website, he has been in discussions with his label, Warner Music Company, and Spotify since then, and continued to hold his ground, according to the people. The formal request to remove the music was made Wednesday and took several hours to take effect across Spotify's playlist across the world. So... They're done. So he just pulled his stuff and Spotify's like, whatever, we'd rather have Joe Rogan, which is pretty interesting. I mean, Spotify is no conservative company, obviously, but I think they realize, you know, we can't continue to do what the mob wants us to do. We can't just do what somebody wants to do because they got triggered over something. And the fact is that there's a very good chance he could wind up being back very soon anyways. I don't think anybody cares, but hey, you know, it, it's there. But we are seeing some people start to at least stand up to the ridiculous Democrats trying to force other people off the platform that they just simply don't like. It's absolutely insane that they continue to get away with that. So the other big story this week was actually dealing with Justice Stephen Breyer, one of these Supreme Court justices. And this was a big deal simply because of the way in which or the timing of all of this. That, that's really what this is about. The timing is very interesting because Democrats have the, 2020, the 2022 midterms coming up very soon. So this is going to be very telling what they do, not only now, but a little bit later in the future, in the next in the next coming weeks. So anyways, the uh, the, the report here reads, Justice Stephen Breyer will step down from the Supreme Court at the end of the current term. Um, according to people familiar with his thinking in this. So the way that they kind of announced this was kind of weird because it's like some inklings and leaks kind of started to come out at first and then Biden didn't really want to comment on it. And then Biden finally released a full statement, which I'll get into in a second. But you're, you're seeing a very interesting thing that's going on right now. So in recent years, Justice Breyer has faced multiple calls to retire by progressive activists and Democrat Congress members in order, in order to provide President Biden with a Supreme Court pick. So they've already, so basically he's kind of being pressured to do this. And now we're seeing this happen. So whether this is just his decision alone or if it's influenced by some of the other people in the Democrat party, Remains to be seen, but it could be very well both of those things kind of happening at the same time. Now, what's crazy about all of this is Biden and his commitment to who he's going to try and fill that position with. So, of course, no one should be surprised at this because he said the exact same thing when he was looking for a VP. But he said in a statement here um, that he's uh, he's reiterating his commitment to nominating a black woman to the Supreme Court and uh, certainly stands by that. That's what Saki was basically, uh, Jen Saki was talking about there. So, um, but he said in his actual statement, and they will be the first black woman nominated to the United States Supreme Court. So, Biden is literally already off the bat saying, you know what, we're going for the skin color and the sex of an individual far more over their actual qualifications. And this is where you really have to wonder, what is the point of doing this? <laughs> I mean, really, what is the point? Does it make you feel good that there's a black woman on the Supreme Court? Is it for you or is it for her, the person that you're trying to bring in, right? Like, is it really just so Biden can, for years to come, say, I was the one who appointed this black woman to be on the Supreme Court? You know, what is what is the reason? It, it's obviously selfish. It's ridiculous. It's superficial. Nothing to do with whether that person actually has the attributes to do it. Apparently, they asked Kamala Harris and she said no, because that was going to be my assumption is that that was probably what was going to happen. But you can assure yourself that it's going to be somebody that's extremely far left, somebody that has no idea what they're actually doing probably aren't good at their job but it doesn't matter because they're a black woman and apparently the supreme court needs to look like the rainbow and that's all that they really care about and and really what's funny about all of this is seeing democrats kind of in denial so much about what's going on because we do have 
some diversity on the Supreme Court, but not the diversity that they like. And that's really what's funny about all this. And I'm specifically referring to, of course, Clarence Thomas, the black man that's been on the Supreme Court for a long time now, but that every Democrat hates because he simply doesn't agree with their progressive agenda. And it's absolutely uh, insane. So here is a little bit of a uh, kind of what the media is saying right now. So here's Anderson Cooper talking about this, bringing up the race card. South Carolina. Do Republicans have an obligation in your mind to endorse a history making choice and not let it be only Democrats who vote yes for for such a nomination? Well, I wouldn't say they have an obligation to do that. I think it would be well uh, for that to happen. As you know, I'm a big fan of J. Everett Dixon, and that was one of the things I admired by him. He made sure uh, that the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act were both about partisan issues. And uh, I really, really admire that about him. And I would, I'm, I'm sure uh, that the Republican senators uh, from South Carolina uh, would do all they can to make this choice bipartisan. And I'm sure uh, they would do so because both of them know Michelle real well. Uh, she's just our choice. Uh, but I suspect that the others uh, that I don't know as well, I do know Sherilyn Eiffel. Uh, her name is being floated. Uh, a very smart uh, young lady that I think would make a great Supreme Court justice as well. I just happen to be uh, for uh, Michelle Childs. I'm not against any of the others. Mm. Congressman Clyburn, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, so the thing is that this is not about the actual qualifications. And you can hear that. You know, he's, he's saying, well, I, I'm hoping that, you know, Republicans are just going to be bipartisan on all of this. But Democrats aren't being bipartisan. I mean, if they were, they would actually be trying to bring in somebody that legitimately has the qualifications, has an actual good record of judging fairly instead of being a far left person that's going to go with everything that they do. I mean, and that's where we're at right now is that they don't care about whether this person has the credentials or not. So really what you're seeing here quite frankly, is the Democrats freaking out before 2022. They know that they're going to lose the Senate. Now, we know there's going to be a massive red wave probably happening in the midterm simply because people are tired of Democrats and their policies, as they always have been. This pendulum swings every time. It always swings from Democrats back to uh, Republicans, and then they forget about they forget about the, the goodness that happens with under the Republicans, and then they swing back to Democrat, and then they regret that again, and they want to go back. It's the same thing that happens all the time. And, and you're seeing this shift now, again, where people are saying, okay, wait a minute, local government matters a lot. And we don't want these crazy liberals telling us where our kids are going to school, what uh, if they're required to wear a mask in school, or any of these other mandates that they're trying to push through. So that's what we're seeing happen right now is that Democrats are freaking out because they know fully well that this is not going to end well for them in 2022. All right. So the other people that are actually freaking out about all of this, too, are some of the people at The View, which don't even see Clarence Thomas as really being black. Here they are saying as much. Uh, Susan Collins. Well, but she should have the votes. Considering the uneven kind of uh, court we have right now, it's so important that this is happening on a, in a time where we can get another liberal. And of course, the representation more than anything, you pointed out, first black woman, there's only been two black men in it. it that those numbers are a little shocking. And one so we, doesn't really represent the black community. No, no, no. no. But, but the, my my whole point is that, but addition to, additional diversity, I think, is important that I just noticed as we talked about this is whenever they talk about a potential justice, we talk about the Ivy League. It's always the Ivy League. 
All right, so you hear them kind of say that under their breath there. It doesn't really represent the black community. What does that even mean? What, what is not representing the black community? What, what you really mean is that you don't believe that he is black or that he counts as black because he's not voting the way that you as a white liberal think that he should. I mean, I mean, come on. Where are we at at this point? This is absolutely ridiculous. And Clarence Thomas knew this a long time ago. These Democrats aren't all this different as they try to pretend that they are now. I mean, they haven't changed all that much. They were just as crazy back then uh, when he was trying to get confirmed, and they didn't care. You would swear that Democrats never liked a black person in their life, really, because they don't, because they, they need them on the same Democrat plantation that they've been on for all these years. That's why. Anybody that goes against that grain and they treat them like it is like they are the worst person to have ever come up in front of them in their entire lives. And so this is a portion uh, of clips that are dealing with Clarence Thomas. So for this first one here is actually Clarence Thomas kind of reminiscing about Biden asking him all these ridiculous questions at his when he was actually uh, in or on the bench, actually basically trying to uh, and having all the people kind of asking him different questions and everything like that during the confirmation. So here it is here. Good morning, Judge. Welcome to the blinding lights. Finding out what you mean when you say that you would apply the natural law philosophy to the Constitution is, in my view, the single most important task of this committee. Senator Biden was very focused on natural law. How did that go? Who knows? I, I have no idea what he was talking about. I just want to make sure we all know what we're talking about here. That you and I know at least what we're talking about here. There's a fervent and aggressive school of thought that wishes to see natural law further inform the Constitution than it does now. Argued against by the positivist led by Judge Bork. Now again, that may be lost on all the people. You know and I know what we're talking about. I have to be perfectly honest with you. I, you sit there and you have no idea what they are talking about. All I know is that he was asking me these questions about natural law. Someone may apply it in a way, like Moore, who leads him in a direction that is, quote, liberal. You may apply it in a way that leads you in a direction that's conservative. Or you may, like many argue, not apply it at all. But it is a fundamental question that is going to be almost impossible for non-lawyers to grasp in an exchange. But you know, and I know, it is a big, big deal. And in conclusion... One of the things you do in hearings is you have to sit there and look attentively at people you know have no idea what they're talking about. Anybody who runs for the Supreme Court or is appointed to the Supreme Court, to be more precise, should understand. I have not made my judgment based upon this proceeding because we have not heard all the evidence. As a black American, as far as I'm concerned, it is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deign to think for themselves. 
So, of course, that, that last statement there is kind of the, the big quote that everybody remembers about him that he was making. But it, it's the same thing, right? It, you see the same thing today. That You saw them just harangue this guy and, and just be just tor- horrible and unjustified with all the things they were telling him. And now all of a sudden they want a black woman in the Supreme Court and all that changes. Why? Because it's not about this. It's, it's not about this stupid skin color. It really isn't. The the real thing that they're trying to push is, is a far left person, and they're using the skin color for their own benefit to say, look at what we did. It's selfish. It's ridiculous. And they don't care about any black people at all, because if they did, this would never happen. Uh, reading through, many of you remember Andrew Breitbart. Obviously, he passed away uh, some years ago. Uh, but his book, Righteous Indignation, he talks a lot about this. What made him a conservative was, was actually that moment, that moment of seeing these people, these Democrats attack Clarence Thomas when they had no basis of justification to do so whatsoever. The claims were ridiculous. The things that they brought up were ridiculous. And and you and that was that moment when he realized that even at that time when he was kind of a liberal, he said, you know what, like this isn't right. This is evil that these people are committing against this guy. They have no justification to do this. And that was kind of the spark that led him to conservatism. And you see this happen. And I think it wasn't the only people that this has actually happened to uh, that saw these clips and just notice how ridiculous that really is. And notice also that Biden sounds very different there than he does right now. Right. I mean, everybody wants to pretend as if Biden is the same as it was before and everything else. He doesn't have dementia. He's just as quick as he was in the past. He can ride a bicycle. Remember that clip there? Well, check this out. This, the, the, you remember, you see, you, you saw how he was talking in those clips and how he was, you know, is obviously he's still an idiot. He was an idiot then, but, and he's saying all these ridiculous things and he has no idea what he's talking about, but he's speaking fairly coherently there. Check this clip out from just a couple of days ago. But, uh, um, I uh, might point out you're, uh, when I went to Dearborn driving that, uh, you know, uh, was up there. I don't know, man. It, it uh, I think the press thought I was crazy. I enjoyed it so much going up and, uh, your new EV factory in, uh, and that, uh, that Hummer. Now, that's 30 seconds of I don't know what that is, okay? I have no idea. Please, someone translate whatever it is that he just said to me because I have no idea what he's talking about. But remember, this is all about 2022, and, and that's what the focus of this is because they're trying to basically get this justice confirmed as soon as they can before they inevitably lose the Senate, which I think all of them realize they know it, we know it, everyone knows it, that they're probably going to want to lose in the Senate um, in, in the midterm. So that's why this is happening right now. I think he was pressured to do what he did and now they're trying to virtue signal all over this of course as they usually do with everything and and you know she's probably going to be just as bad as kamala harris's i mean where you you don't even see her doing her job half the time she's almost invisible you never really see her uh she never fences the border even though she's supposed to be in charge of it a lot of stuff like that i'm sure will happen with this new justice also but the thing too is that with 2022 democrats being prepared to lose means that they are also preparing to change the narrative, a narrative that we never thought the Democrats would actually do, which is that they are starting to kind of go with this lack of election integrity. They're about to start and have already started planting the seeds to say that this next upcoming midterm election is going to be unjustified or that it's going to be uh, an illegitimate uh, or election. So check this out here. So Biden in this quote said, 
I'm not going to say it's going to be legit when referring to the 2022 midterm elections. Kamala Harris also said, we as Americans cannot afford to allow this blatant erosion of our democracy. Now, they're talking about voter integrity laws, but they're doing this to try and set the stage for this idea that, hey, you know what? If we lose big, which they inevitably will in 2022, then it's going to be the fault of Republicans changing the voter laws and things. That's why it's happening. It's not because we actually lost. In other words, they're going to probably say we got cheated out of this election, even though that's a blatant lie. So uh, Nancy Pelosi also is kind of chiming in on this exact topic as well, saying what the Republicans are doing across the country is to undermine our democracy, to undermine the integrity of our elections, to undermine the voting power. When in reality, we're actually trying to do the opposite of that. And they are just absolutely crazy about this. Um, and then Chris Murphy said, I'm very worried the changes in these laws will result in a loser being declared a winner. Right. So <laughs> you already have them basically saying, you know what, if we lose, like, it's really because we won and they cheated. All right. Like that's what he's going to try and uh, claim with all this. You have a uh, uh, Blumenthal saying if officials were to disregard the vote count, a legitimate vote count, I can see the argument that the result would be illegitimate. So they are already setting the stage here to plan for these midterms to be illegitimate. They're already setting this up so that they can uh, try and make this seem as if it was some stolen election, trying to change everything up on, flip everything basically on its head, which I find absolutely hilarious because Democrats have just absolutely lost their mind in regards to all of this. So uh, last story of the day, you actually have Facebook that has created this new virtual reality game using the Oculus Rift, which they uh, they bought that company a few years ago. And so this is a really kind of, creepy video dealing with this whole new um this whole new virtual reality thing and and really i think what this is to me it kind of points to this idea of this this loneliness that a lot of people are having right i mean they kind of convince everybody to stay in their home they convince everybody that you must have to kind of quarantine yourself away from others and now we're going to create this this game that allows you to have a life basically free of the risk of COVID and everything else. You can just kind of stay in your little safe space and kind of mess around with this, uh, this product. And you see this lady sitting at the table drinking something with a stupid headset on. Um, and, and then in the commercial, you kind of had this lady basically uh, messing around with it behind her, behind her husband. And the husband's kind of laughing at her the entire time. Cause it's just such a ridiculous thing. I, I think this kind of points out the, the loneliness that a lot of people are dealing with in our society. And also the hysteria that Democrats have kind of conjured up over the past couple of years. And they're using this to say, Hey, here's this perfect game that you can do where you can basically experience this fake virtual reality world, but without the risk of COVID and all of that. So kind of weird. It's creepy. And honestly, it's, too expensive. I don't think enough people are going to actually buy into this. I really don't think so. These headsets are at least $500. I doubt most people are going to buy that just so they can experience some stupid sim world um, and sit around the house all day. So with that being said, that's all I have for you on this episode. I thank you for watching or listening to this one. Uh, remember that I, uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please remember to leave a review on there as it does help the show out. And also the show will be uh, streamed afterwards on Get her live as well. And I'll also try to, if something like a story comes up of some sort like that, I'll try to put up a, uh, a notice or a post or something online and just let you know that I'm going live on Getter or something like that so that you can be aware of that when it comes up. But other than that, I hope you have a good weekend and I'll see you on the next one.